everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. Yes, this is part two. Neither of us have got different tops on. This is the same day. So welcome back. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last one. What are you doing? Don't skip. Come on. Come on, views up. Go back and look. <laughs> but this is part two. I'm welcome back. I, I, this time I will change slightly. We're welcoming back um, Councillor Little uh, Brighouse. Um, I'm giving the title there because of the fact that we are going to be talking more on the political side, um, along with mental health and everything else as well. But um, this is the second of the two that me and Little have done. The first one, far more on uh, mental health and interaction with social media. This one is going to be politics and uh, mental health as well. Those of you who don't know, I am a former politician. I might be again. That makes me sound like something from the Cold War, but you, you know. Um, so, yes, I, I have that interaction as well. And um, Little has just got into this. So we're kind of going from there. So how are you doing, Little? I'm doing well. It's uh, still very, very warm this afternoon. <laughs> It really is. I have a fan on my desk. Hiding indoors, away from the sun. Oh, God. Yeah, my, my curtains are closed. I'm like, no, 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 none of that. Anything over 10 <laughs> degrees is just bad. It sounds ridiculous, given the fact that I was in Jordan in February and it was 30 degrees, but that did not feel as hot as it currently does here. I mean, it's 27 degrees where I am now, but it feels so much hotter here than it does uh, um, at the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea feels colder. It just does um and yeah anyway <laughs> but yes of course today um i say today the continuation we're going to be chatting about um, more to do with politics and mental health now obviously we've just done um chatting about uh, mental health and social media and all different things that kind of your journey with that what about your journey in um in politics i mean we did if anybody again go and watch the last one or listen to the last one first yeah. By the end, you do kind of go into um, what brought you into politics, but I don't know if you just want to recap that and just let us know how your journey from irritation and trauma in mental health led you into the world of politics. Yeah, so um, I suppose it's best to, to really start with a little bit of a, a, a contextual background. I come from a, a low-income family, disabled, neurodivergent, non-binary, I fit a lot of the, the not what you would usually expect in, in politics boxes. Um, and I have struggled like most people throughout the last 10 years with austerity and Tory cuts and the policies and changes to, to um, the welfare system and the social care and mental health systems that I, I kept seeing not just my own self and my own family suffering because of it but friends family and um, colleagues you know neighbors and and people from all across all across the county that that have got to know me over the last 15 years i've been here um over many years i've been an advocate um helping people fill in dwp forms and appeal for their pip appeals and and helping them with with applying for different benefits and, and advocating for mental health. And I kept seeing these barriers in place to access to the services, access to mental health, um, primarily surrounding policy. And I've been spending the last four years in education and, and training, trying to work up to, to become a specialist neuropsychologist in trauma and dissociative disorders. Um, but in order for me to, to really be able to, to do my job properly once I reach that level, I'm going to be, I, I need 
my my clients to be able to access that service and with those policies in place it is such a hardship and there's so many disparities as well within these barriers that it it riles me up and as a an activist against many social injustices as well as seeing the the detrimental impact of of what's happened not just locally um but across the uk like most other people i got very loud and very angry and very frustrated with the government and i was constantly moaning about it i'm typically uh, been a non-voter most of my life um about 2017 i started paying attention um when uh, corbyn was giving some quite inspirational speeches um and and i was like well why aren't I interested in politics? Why have I dismissed this? Because while I'm studying psychology and learning psychology, I'm also learning that psychology influences the policy makers. It influences the policies that we have in, in government. One prime example is the Sure Start Initiative, which came from research and studies in psychology on attachment and trauma and bonding with parents and children, which developed that understanding and and influenced the government here in the uk to produce shot many many years ago i was like well there's a massive connection here you can't have human beings and understand human beings psychology without understanding politics and the policies that impact on their life and their mental health and their psychology um and this is where i started really paying attention i voted for the first time never thought i would be nominated for candidacy or, or be in this position. I had no interest in, in becoming a politician. Um, and, and really it's more of a side hustle. <laughs> I don't know much political history. I don't know many political players. I don't have a, a background in, in governments or, or anything like this or any work experience. So, I have always been on the activist side of things. Um, and then um, my dad got cancer. Um, he was going through his PIP process and was deemed fit for work, uh, despite being terminally ill and being given 11 months left to live. So I picked up my dad's PIP form. I started writing the appeal and fighting the DWP on his behalf for the millionth time um because i've done this several times for other people and for myself because i have to fill in a pip renewal claim every three years um and i won't go too far into it because um it's still a very raw experience for me personally and talking about my my dad's my dad's passing is is still painful um but five days before he passed he was bedridden um couldn't move, couldn't drink, couldn't speak, um, basically trapped in his own body. And I was on the phone in the next next room speaking to the judge at a PIP tribunal hearing. Um, and the day after he died, the DWP sent a letter saying, we're sorry, we made the wrong decision. Here's all the money we owe you. Mm. It's like, well, it's too late now. He's fucking dead. Yeah. And I got so angry at the system, at the DWP, and I've been angry at them before because of things like this, because I've helped people 
you know, go through this experience themselves. And now it's happening to my dad. Yeah. And that's when I got angry. That's when I started saying I've had enough of this and I'm going to fight back. And started paying attention to politics and policies. Um, started shouting and screaming on the Internet, as you do, and started getting a little bit of a reputation for being blunt and, and very um, assertive in, in how I uh, address these issues and speaking out about the mental health crisis we've had here in the UK for, for over a decade, the lack of services and, and how this is detrimental, not just on NHS staff and mental health professionals, but more so on, on the clients and the service users and those who don't get access to the service. Um, so doing this whilst doing my education i'm learning more i'm educating myself more i'm starting to, to infiltrate myself into political networks and a local county councillor saw some potential two years ago um, and decided that while at the time i was definitely a, a loose cannon um i could be quite a powerful individual and 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 give a voice voice to people locally and so i was uh, almost headhunted by by uh, my my dear friend and, and county councillor pete roberts um to join the liberal democrats and um i kept turning around to them saying you don't want me you don't want me i am too loud i will i will end up with so many code of conduct breaches on my name that you would kick me out of the party in a second you know, I will call people out on their racism, on their sexism, on their misogyny, their xenophobia, their, their homophobia, their transphobia, and I do not mind my language. Um, and so over the last the next two years, um, I started learning with the MF network, how to interact with people, how to address difficult conversations in a proactive but a controlled way which meant we could have open discussions rather than arguing and um, then December last year um, I got I heard along the grapevine that the local Tory candidate may be standing unopposed in local elections and after Covid after Boris after the Tories after everything I went Huh. Do I need experience or qualifications for this, Pete? And he went, no. That's why I've been trying to ask you if, you know, you'd ever stand as a candidate. And I went, oh, OK, then. Ah, fuck it. Let's give the Tories a run for the money. I'm not going to win the award, but yeah, put my name forward. I'll take him on. Not going to give them a free call. As it turned out, the 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 incumbent councillor who was Tory um, didn't stand this year. He stood back. Um, so it became a free for all between all of the political parties that were available. And I'm, I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I, I won my seat. Um, and that's how I got where I am today. I don't have much political experience whatsoever. I don't have much history or knowledge about the different parties or the different players in it. But I've got the life experience and I've seen the impact that the, the 10 years of, of Tory policy has had, not just on my own community and my own family, but on the far outreaches of, of people that I don't even know. 
um, and the people who have, have come together to form the MF network community too. So I very much took the, uh, I'm not going to be like any other politician. I'm not going to put my morals and principles to one side in order to play part of politics. I don't care about following this playbook or, or the etiquette or the rule book. I'm going to be who I am. Mm. And I'm going to be honest about it. And I think that's that's what got me my seat. It's it is it is interesting when you do that. And I I, I find it strange as we've discussed as well is that I've never had a code of conduct breach, and that's fucking amazing for most people that um that had it. Because when I was um when I was in politics, I had my arguments because I don't fucking care what they're going to say. Um, and I, I always say that if I'm going to get told off, um, then I'll make it very loud that I've been told off. I won't let other people not know. And maybe that was what protected me from that, because they knew full well that I'll just go to the paper. I don't give a fuck. Um, you know, I was always I remember when I was in politics, when I before I stood for council, um, I my partner at the time used to think of me as some kind of bulldog, like things um, when she was training to be a nurse at the time and basically the university had fucked up. She would not let me get involved. She was like, no, no, because you're, but in a China shop, no, can't do it. And then they, then they charged the money when they shouldn't have done everything. And she ended up crying. I just went done. Right. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm dealing with this now. Um, and I did basically do what she said, but I got the money refunded and I had a letter of apology from the university to every single person that was in the same position as her. And I did it immediately. Uh, it took about a week because I just went, no, and that's when I kind of, because I, weirdly enough, I'd taken a year off from politics and I'd got, I'd got back involved bit by bit. And then that was the one that made me go, yeah, okay. And I need to get more back involved now because I can still do this stuff. I'm still, I am still the kind of arsehole with it. And I do fit everything that you expect from a politician. I'm white, male, middle class from the southeast of England. I, I, I am the archetype for it. Um, but I'm not as nice as uh, politicians are meant to be, similar to, as you were saying. Um, and yeah, I, 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 when I stood, I stood against um, relatively strong conservative um, uh, opposition. Um, I had a very similar response as I see on your TikTok as when I won. I was there just kind of crying, going, the fuck just happened? Because I was, I was still at university. I was, I was in my, like, I was doing my exam. I went to my final exam ironically on British politics in my suit and rosette that's how I walked into university and did it because it was the day of the fucking elections and then I had to come back down and go to the county everything like that and I was just in shock I was like what the fuck's because I beat the I beat the conservative opposition by another 20 percent of his vote on top and he was the sitting councillor and I was like what the fuck just happened um but it does happen like that sometimes, you know, especially if they, if they see a change, you can just kind of go, right, well, we're going to go that way then. Um, you know, you have certain parties have an innate vote, but if you can get the vote out somewhere else, you can you can prove it. There are, you know, there's yeah. always the, the idea of the the blue rinse brigade, as they're called, um, will always vote a, a certain way. That may change as, um, you know, social social changes mean that some people are getting older, but um, you can always guarantee certain votes. Not every party can. So you do fight a bit more but yeah it is always always important and I think for for things on mental health as well education was always the push for me when and my kind of thing locally was to do with education but mental health 
he's just awful. I remember when I had um, a breakdown um, several years ago now, um, I got, I, I escaped from the hospital um, and then the police came and got me. But on the journey back to hospital, the police said, um, oh yeah, well, you'd probably be um, in uh, like, You'd, we'd probably lock you up or whatever the word and they said was um but we don't have the places so you know so don't yeah. fucking tell someone that do not this, tell this is one of the things i'm constantly fighting um because of the mental health service um so i can't go into too much detail because there are some um red tape wrapped around me right now but my my election campaign was was brutal um being openly non-binary for a start um and using they then pronouns in my literature was obviously going to put a target on my back mm. um so i did take a lot of you know crap um and it got it got to the point with with other incidents happening around my life at, at the time um and with engaging with my my master's degree Everything was getting overwhelming. I was campaigning hours after hours after hours every day as well on top. And I could feel my mental health, you know, declining towards, as we got closer to the voting day to, to, to the count, my mental health was going downhill. And I was like, guys, I need, I need a grippy talk vacation in a minute. Like, I'm gonna need to take a break to convalesce and regroup and, and you know, so that I can continue moving forwards. And when trying to seek if that would even be a possibility, no beds, no space. Only if you are actively about to uh, commit suicide is there, there beds available um, when you're in a situation where, you know, you, you need that additional mental health support, but you need more than just one hour of therapy a week there isn't anything there there isn't any support there and the the mental health service has been struggling so so long um it's it's so obvious what's been happening we've now got psychologists on the occupational shortlist you know we're having to outsource mental health professionals because the the funding's been cut the staffing's been cut the training's been cut there's no space for people and after two years of COVID and, and then Brexit on top and the, the crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis we've had here in the UK over the last two years is compiling all of those mental health issues onto people on a daily basis and they need this mental health support. So we've got more and more people needing and depending on this service, but this service being constantly declined and devalued and, and defunded. So that we've not got the staff or the services for an ever increasing load of people that need them and it's one of the reasons why i started fighting so so much in politics is there's not the space there's not the support and there needs to be yeah i mean you said it then reason for my hand up is at the time that i was told that i was actively suicidal and they were the the first thing is the police shouldn't have fucking told me that that's the only reason i'm not being thing no. that was just awful training um it actually ties into one of my missions and visions as a counselor um, yeah. and, and politician um i don't just want to address the issues within the mental health service i i want to see us become a trauma-informed society 
Mm. Um, so trauma-informed practice, you, we're starting to see being developed in, in different counties and in different councils across the UK. Um, and it is essentially providing the same service, but being informed and aware of, of trauma so that we're not re-traumatizing service users as they come to us. And it can be something as simple as changing the way we speak. Mm. Simply changing the language and the words we use can make someone feel validated rather than dismissed. And if we're just making people feel dismissed or invalidated, we've got the potential of triggering a past trauma in them. For example, if a if a single mother was to come to the, the services looking for help because she's escaping domestic violence situation, if she's then challenged by the by a secretary, for example, who's not trauma informed or a council worker that's not trauma informed, there's a chance that you're going to be traumatizing that that single mother who's already in a traumatized state already going through a traumatic experience and then we're adding to that trauma and then people don't want to use the service because they feel like it's just going to harm them even more and that's an issue that I want to address um, within not just our local politics but across Wales eventually I hope and and implement trauma-informed evidence-based practices and approaches into our services Mm. Um, and this is something I've been developing and working on um, as a as a service user. I'm with a tier, um, so I'm on the Power Steering Group for Traumatic Stress Wales initiative, which is commissioned by the Welsh Government, which is developing a new framework to open access and pathways into mental health services which are trauma-informed, which are trauma-aware, but not just doing it for the mental health service, but, but embedding it into our, our other services, so third-party organisations and, and, and local authority organisations, not just within the health board and the mental health service itself. And I'm very, very proud of the fact that um, one of the, the primary schools um, that I have applied to be a governor for is just had its accredited status as a trauma-informed school. So this is something that I'm trying to implement into, into my political life, into my political career, and in tying into that mental health. Mm. It's bringing trauma-informed practices, health-based, evidence-based approaches, into how we work with the, in the people, the communities and the services themselves. And we need this on all levels. It's not enough for um, doctors and counsellors and therapists to be trauma informed. We need the therapist, uh, the receptionists who's going to answer the call to, to be aware of the language and, and the right ways and wrong ways of doing this without invalidating people. Um, you know, we need trauma-informed schools so that children who are, you know, possibly neurodivergent and can be overstimulated in a large, you know, populated classroom have safe uh, spaces within the school building where they can go and they can ground and they can destimulate themselves and then enter back into the classroom and be productive in the class again. And I'd love to see this spread more wide, more widely across across the board, but that's the goal being recognized as well i mean for for schools so i i um do pro tuition occasionally um 
GCSE A-level and undergrads. And I had one student who has just finished their A-level, so I've just lost them as a student, um, but I've had them for about four years and um, they were struggling. That's so why they came to me and it took two lessons and I just went, get them tested. As, uh, get them tested and they they got tested and immediately came back as um on the spectrum as well as a, a raft of other things and i was it's like i know that the, i can identify that because i'm one-to-one -one. that is why i've been able to identify that but i identified that so fucking quickly and they were year 10 year 11 now i'm like there needs to be an ability for that to happen in the classroom now i knew one of their teachers i knew one, knew one of the teachers quite well but um, so I, I know it wasn't a lack of want from the teachers. I know it wasn't a lack of anything like that. But there needs to be something additional in those classrooms and in the school to help people. So it doesn't take somebody who has the advantage of being able to get a private tutor to be able to then identify it, because then I then helped them with um, chats and mental health stuff along along the whole time I had them as well and try to give them resources so they could go somewhere. So, yeah, I, I think that's not just trauma response but being able to have that just additional so they can feel so they yeah. can be identified as well the other thing that i really I, I i dislike as well and it's not it's not trauma um awareness but it is the way in which people speak to you in official settings i despise and i think they're the most <sighs> dismissive ways possible and i, I used to work for university and I actively didn't address students in the same way as everybody else, which annoyed some people, but I just ignored them. And that was, dear, blah, blah, blah. No. Hey, hi, hello. That's how you talk to them. And it used to be interesting when, I, when we're in the office because we all talk to students in different ways, but I would actively talk to them like just somebody I'd met down the pub. And yeah. I was always the one that when I was in the office, they'd come to me and go, can you have a chat with them? Because, you know, you do the mental health stuff. So, can, you know, because I was student mind at the time, because I was, I was studying and, and working at the same time. So they were like, can you just, you know, and I was like, the only difference, the, the main difference and the reason they're coming to me is because I was taught to them. Like, fuck it, I'll say this one. This, people won't agree with this, but I don't care. I had one guy who just was not listening. He wasn't listening, but he wasn't doing it in a malicious way. He was just not listening to me about how to do forms for extensions or something like that. And I was trying to make it as easy as I could. And I just went, right, and he was with his girlfriend. And I just went, can you just slap her around the face for me? Because I'm not allowed to do it. And you just saw everyone in the office go, what the fuck? And, and yeah, he just went, fine, all right, mate. Yeah, I listen. Sorry about that. And it's like, yeah, because I treated him like a person. And I think this is one of the biggest issues. And it always irritates me. No, we have to remain professional. Okay, well, then people are going to fail. People are going to get into trauma. People are going to get dismissed because you're not treating them like a human being. You know, they, they, they're not being treated. And like I, I mentioned in the, the previous one that we did, I was studying and a member of staff when my wife died, when she was she, she had terminal cancer. And the, the way of interacting with me was so cold that I, I the, the department that I worked in, when I told them how I was being treated, they just went, what the fuck is the matter with that department? Like, we don't treat people like that here. We, what the hell? Um, and it is ridiculous because the university, you know, one of the bedrock for education and then continuing things in offices across the country kind of comes from schools and universities and things like that. So if we can't go, you know, hello or hi in an email, for instance, I know it sounds stupid, but if somebody writes to me and says, dear Adam, I go, no, thank you. And it goes in the bin. 
or I just delete it. I'm not going to answer you. If anyone's trying to contact me for going on your podcast, that's going to be your... started with gear. Yeah, if you start anything with dear, I'm not reading it. I don't care because it's not like you're not trying to interact, with, especially if you want me to get on a podcast to do a mental health and you're starting with dear, dismissive fucking language and piss right off. It's not how I'm going to interact. And if you don't have that and it, it's, it's in the same kind of realm, but not quite the same as, as the trauma thing, because it's just that change in language. treating. It is the same, is the same realm because yeah. the language that you were were confronted with when you reached out for, for support and advice and say, look, I'm really struggling right now completely invalidated the traumatic experience that you were going through and this is why we need trauma-informed practices in all of our services so that when someone like yourself experiences that they're not challenged with oh well you know just I don't know go wrap yourself in a blanket and feel better yeah it's that's not going to help but if we go okay I hear you I can see that you're struggling right now what do you need from me to support you that just changing the language accepts and acknowledges that right now you're experiencing a difficult situation and you're going through uh, an experience that you're reaching out for help with and it's that validation and that that recognition that allows people to feel more comfortable coming forward for that support um and feeling like it's safe for them to come to you as well for that support. And I think that is a very vital thing in mental health is we have to feel safe um, in order for us to, to heal, in order for us to be able to get that support. And if we're not feeling safe with the person or the organisation that we're reaching out to, we're not going to reach out to them again. Oh, yeah. And we're likely not to reach out to anybody else because we've had this really bad experience here that's re-traumatized and invalidated our experience that we don't want to try again. Well, no, the CMHS need to learn how to talk to people. That'd be a start. Um, <laughs> this is, this is why um, the, the health board around, around here um, is, is, you know, fully engaged with this this initiative, Traumatic Stress Wales, and I advise you all go have a look um, because it is introducing this, this idea of trauma-informed and ACE-aware, so adverse childhood experience awareness and trauma awareness into not just our language, but into our systems and our services as well. And hopefully start embedding that into our social culture. And we might, if we become, a trauma-informed society can possibly start breaking the the generational traumas that we're coming and seeing so evidently from from you know damaging social norms of the past yeah i mean it's it's it does remind me a little bit of and i've said about this before is to why i think i've had some success big small however you want to see it in different areas online because of the fact that I think for a lot of people, I may be the the uncle or the big brother because people come to me to talk about the mental health. But if you come into my community and somebody tries to affect it, I am not nice to the people that come in. It's really annoys Twitch, and I tell Twitch to go fuck themselves every time because it's this idea that um, when when you, if you go into Twitch, you go into a mental health community, and a troll comes in and attacks people in there, attacks what's going on. Everyone in chat, rightfully because that's the way that they've been they've associated into that community freak out and don't know what to do because that's attacking it if someone comes into my community 
the immediate thing you will see from my chat is, uh oh, wait until up gets to you. This will be funny. But they're not scared. Yeah, I have similar in my live streams on TikTok too with the MF network when people come in on there. Um, I'm known as Auntie Little to hundreds of people. I'm everyone's favorite agony aunt. And I will, you know, love and support and care just like anybody else. But I will, I will snap and I will bite and I can be vicious too and I can be toxic and I'll put my hands up to that I can be just as 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 nasty as the trolls that come into my life sometimes oh, and if know. they do they know oh just just you wait until little as this every time every time it is it's it's it is good because you get people just going this because it's not affecting them it's not it's not a, an attack that they're going to worry about it's you know, they're coming into it. I mean, I'm literally, my name online is up for the challenge. So fucking bring it. You know, that's, that's the thing. I've had people, when I've gone into communities, um, they go for their own thing, but doesn't, it doesn't excuse their behavior, attack me directly. And I'm like, that's shit, but it's not in my community. So yeah. I'll, I'll deal with you separately. Or I'll just ignore you, which is what I tend to do anyway. But, you know, if you want to come into my community, don't assume because of the the necklace and the, the, the singing bowl, don't assume that I am a, like, going to be nice to you i love it when people come in with the most baseline things um and i will treat you and i'm gonna i will treat you like a piece of shit i'm going to do that i will treat you like a child who can't spell or like any piece of scum on the ground if you come into my community and attack my community that is what's going to happen twitch that is what i'm going to do fuck you if you try and stop me with that i will scream outside and I will put a warning out to my to my community too, because the, the MF network knows this very well. You know, I I often fight for myself, but when it comes to fighting and defending other people, if someone attacks my community, you will see the nasty side of me, and I do not care. Um, and I again, I think this is one of the things why I have I've got a little bit of a reputation for being a fighter and a, a bit of a justice warrior I suppose locally in the community um when we saw COVID coming up I was straight on to my my friends in in um community like Councillor Pete who were uh, who set up the community COVID response group and it's like right we need to do this now and I don't care like I have to protect people mm. that's what I do and if it means becoming an absolute cunt to protect people and defend them, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm not going to play nice all the time. There's a point where my patience runs out, just like any other human being. And because I fight for the community, because I defend those who, who need an extra, you know, right hook in their, in their corner, I, I tend to get people to locally to support me because they know I'm going to fight for them. They know I'm going to stand up to 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 those higher up and say, no, this is wrong. You know, and I've I've already challenged uh, a few issues locally um, and said, oh, we need to sort this. This isn't right. And I'm going to be on your back until you do this. And if you don't do your job properly, I'm going to shout. And I haven't had to, I haven't had to shout, I haven't had to, you know, fight too hard yet, um, but I know it's coming and I will defend the people that voted and didn't vote me. 
because I'm in that position now where I'm representing over 1500 people in my ward and it's their voices that matter in this it's their community it's their voice it's their vote it's their trust that they've instilled in me and I'm not going to betray that by by turning my back on them when they need someone to fight their corner and and you know be a bit of a pit bull it's I mean you know, let me off my leash and I'll go I mean, it's, that, it's, it's that thing I've, I've always been like that and that's I think that's just more fucking human that's why I dislike professional talk and I know that some people are like that's weird but it's if anyone has heard me or seen me on other people's podcasts or has seen me on lives or anything like that, honestly, you can comment below. Do I sound any different? But no, I don't. I go in and I keep the same energy. The same way I'm talking now is the same way I talk in somebody else's podcast. I'm very clear, as Little was before she came on here. I am not going to just be nice. You can try and edit it. I'm not going to be nice to, about things just because somebody else was, just because somebody that sounds like me was. I will do what I need to do. And... I think the point with advocacy and everything else is that that is politics because even you've separated them and I don't. Advocacy, all of, it's all politics. It's just it's all the same. activism. Way. Advocacy is politics. It's just you a, know, it is political. If you are uh, are speaking out, then you are being political. It doesn't matter what you're speaking out about. It is political. Yeah, well, it's like that. There used to be an advert um, for the European elections. There was a cartoon where they uh, some. They're at the bar. One of them said about, um, have you seen the, the local election or the European elections coming up? And one of them just goes, uh, uh, don't do politics. And then for the rest of the, the advert, it's um, he complains about um, the price of petrol. Uh, uh, don't do politics. The price of beer. Uh, don't do politics. The fact that there was traffic. Uh, don't do politics. Everything is politics. And it's the thing I've always said is every single thing you do is politics. The fact that Little is able to be a county councillor and is non-binary is politics. The fact yeah. they're allowed to stand is politics. If you go back two, three, four hundred years, I would be the one still allowed to stand. Little wouldn't. Yeah. I, you know, in fact, everyone would look like me without their hair. Um, product, Can everyone... you imagine non-binary and transgender councillors and MPs being out and open ten years ago? Yeah. It's... No, it wouldn't have happened. We've only just this year had um, uh, our first uh, trans MP come out in the open, a conservative MP who came out as trans. Um, I know there's a number of non-binary um, councillors, county councillors and town councillors, and even a mayor um, across England. I'm the first non-binary person to be elected at county council level in Wales. You know, and it's the 21st century, goddammit. This should have been happening years ago. And all of this is political. You know, every element of it is political. And even accessing democracy itself is a political issue because there's barriers there, especially if you're disabled. You know, there isn't really the, the campaign plans if, you're, if you've got low mobility because going around leafleting and canvassing when you can't walk more than 20 metres without pain makes... It a long day yeah you know again it's a political issue yes you know it's it is every single thing we do needs to be recognized as that because we just don't society has separated us do you think of politicians and everyone else and that's not what we mean because i know there's gonna be people that disagree with this but i don't fucking care not all politicians are ourselves not all politicians are cunts not everyone in and i really fucking hate it when people go they're all the same no they're fucking not 
the fact I hate it even more when people um, say that because the fact that the fact you are allowed to say that proves they are not. If Jacob Rees-Mogg was the only cunt in charge, you wouldn't be able to say anything. No. That's the difference. There's, they are different and great. There may be some of them that you disagree with on almost everything, but there'll be. I don't think I would have been allowed out the kitchen if Rees Mogg was in charge all these years. To be fair, I think my old, <laughs> my old, more kind of middle class voice would have had to come back just so I'd be allowed out. Um, but it's they're not all the same. Yes, they may not go as far as you want them to right now. They're not going as far because they're having to by the time and how they're doing it. But that doesn't mean they're all the fucking same. I do get sick of that bullshit every time i did when i was still as a politician when i was actively a politician when i was just an activist and everything else within it every fucking time oh all the same it's all the same okay then why the fuck are you even doing anything why do you go to work because you shouldn't be able to have that job you can't do that job you're not going to get any kind of pay well you've got a minimum wage that's you know obviously be allowed by everybody you, know, you don't have to work 12 hours a day, seven days a week with fear of losing your job if you have an hour off, yeah. you know, because politics. Yeah. Because not- let me point out the Human Rights Act. <laughs> yes. That is something on a national level I am most definitely sticking my teeth into because I'm not just interested in in, in being a county councillor and doing local work, I am very much interested in the national impacts as well. Um, things like exactly like uh, the Human Rights Act, which is going to, you know, it's going to impact every single human being in the UK, but it's going to disproportionately affect the the black community, the anyone who is a, an ethnic, classed as an ethnic minority, it's going to drastically and disproportionately affects the LGBT community. You know, we can't be uh, allowing this nonsense to happen on a national level, at least alone on the on a local level. So for me, it's just as important to fight the bigger issues as on the national scene as it is to fight the smaller mm. issues, but just as equally important on a local level. And I think that's where a lot of people misunderstand is they see these big national issues and think this is the big important thing that we have to focus on and forget that while this is a smaller area and so deemed a smaller issue for that community, it's massive. And that's just as important as this. Well, roads, roads are the obvious one. Roads always come up. You know, everyone, every single councillor in the country has at some point dealt with a case about potholes. Because we just do. That's that becomes all we fucking do some weeks. Um, yeah. In a past parking and 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 um, hedges coming into the path. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know that for some people, I think of potholes for somebody that's in their eighties that's still driving or that, that is waiting for someone to come and see them. Maybe they have home care and they're on a really awful um, track road and people can't get to them properly. That's important. It's an yeah. access need. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So um, all parts of all. I do think that politics does get a little bit too political sometimes, even in locally, and forgets that community element, forgets that human side of it all. And we need that that connection between you two. Like like you said, politics are often politicians are deemed as this group, and then there's the rest of us. And the, there needs to be that cross communication, that interrelationship going on. Because there is a community element, there is a human element there, 
you know um we need to be focusing on that on that kind of well potholes don't seem important but yes they are for people who have access needs because they can't get down their farm track mm. you know without popping a tire and it costing them more than they need to during the living cost crisis that's an issue we need to fix and something politics can do um i have a lot of um elderly people in my ward um a majority actually of the residents in my ward are over 60 and we're in a very rural area transport is an issue you know they're not always able to get to town because there's not a regular bus that stops close enough to their home that they can get to um there isn't the support for you know carers who are unpaid living at home um there isn't you know the service there to give them a carer to come in to give them a day off and a respite or anything like that that's another need that's another issue locally that is huge on a community level but something local and national politics can do and can can help and change and i want to see this bridge this connection between community and politics start to rebuild and reconnect Mm. And hopefully, if we manage to get uh, Bojo finally out of number 10 and, and the Tories out of office, then we might be able to start seeing this, this, this social cultural shift towards politics and the community coming together to find ways forward to make it work and listen to one another rather than just dismiss one another's existence. And that is that is something that I think we we kind of gone before is the, the dismissal of someone's opinions purely because they're one or the other is fucking ridiculous. It's so toxic. I had a, uh, and it, it comes across mainly in memes and posts. But the problem is that you switch off to each other. If you're just going to go all toys are bad, then that's it. All the toys have switched off to you. And that, that's uh, it because quite a few um, uh councillors in in my ward who not in my ward in my county who you know they're tories and as as human beings that they're, they're, they're lovely people it's, it's, you know because we have differences on on party politics doesn't mean that they're they're assholes and cunts and wangers some some oh. of them are <laughs> but some of the labor are and some of the dem are and some of every party oh, yeah. have a minority of assholes cunts and wankers you know we can't help that yeah. You can't hope that in any community grouping, whether it's politics or anything else, but a majority of people do genuinely care and have gone into these roles because they want to give back to their community. Especially locally on that one, I think, as well. And I mean, the obvious one for me... Especially locally. I think, I think younger generations now have just come into the idea of it's black and white, and it just isn't. Because, I mean, the obvious one for me is when I was on the council, the, um, when I was elected, uh, the leader of the council was a guy called Harry Cragg or if to make it sound better, Dr. Harold Crack, there we go. Um, he was leader of the council. I disagreed pretty much everything that man um, had policy for. However, the person that took over from him in the night of the long knives, I think was how the local paper put it, took over was a guy called John Gilby, who is a complete arsehole. John, if you're watching, fuck you. Complete, complete, complete arsehole, who was not liked by anybody. He um was a big six foot four tried to impose his um opinion by the way he looked the way he um, moved just himself as i can do this because i'm this had almost identical policies the difference 
When John Gilby did it, he was doing it because he wanted power and he's a dickhead. When Harry Cragg did it, he believed that that was what was best for the people in the area. And so they, their policies, almost identical, but one of them, I never, I, from a Harry, maybe he said stuff, I never heard anything that was racist. I never heard anything that was sexist. I never heard any of that bad from him. And yet his policies were the same as John's, but he believed it was right for the city. He believed it was right for the county, he believed it was right for the UK. Everything that he was doing was right for the area. And that was that was what was important. And that I think that's what defines what a good politician is versus a bad politician. Hmm. Is in my mind, like it's actually one of the things I've been discussing in therapy um throughout the election campaign is Tanya, I don't want to do this. I don't want to win this. I don't want the power. I don't want the power. I don't want that. Yeah. And I was so terrified of, of winning this election and, and becoming a county councillor because of the power and the privilege that it would, would entitle me to. And for me, it's not about gaining position. It's not about gaining power. I wanted to be able to open the door so that other people like me who don't have a history in 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 governance who you know are traditionally on the protest side of activism you know who may be disabled neurodivergent lgbt trans non-binary you know the list goes on i could open the door for them and say see i I've, i've i've done it i have the right to be here that means we all definitely have the right to be here because they couldn't stop me Yes. So they're not going to stop you. I'm just going to hold it, hold this door open. I had no intention of winning and actually stepping in and, and being in this role. Um, but this is where I am. And I suppose that that's the difference between someone that goes in it because they want the power, they want the notoriety, they want the status and the privilege and the entitlements that, that comes with and all the benefits because you just have to look at the MP's expenses to see the benefits of that level of, of government. And for me, that terrifies me. Mm. And for me, it's giving the community a voice, giving them a voice. And I'm not there to be a voice for them. I'm there to amplify their voices. Um, and I think that what's, that's what makes a difference between a good politician and a and a and a bad politician. One is about self and ego and status and power, and the other is almost the the exact opposite. Yeah, and I mean that was that was the the, the point for me with these two is I had respect for one of them because they were trying to do what they for their wards they knew what their ward wanted because they'd been the council there for years and they'd been the leader and that was it. It was. They were able to mash together their belief for the party, what the locals needed, and that's what they wanted. The other one just grabbed it and just went, wow, this is how I'm going to do it. He's a former executive for Shell as well. And just, he, he changed the wording so he couldn't talk about climate change and just, just a complete cunt. Um, but Harry wasn't, you know, he just, he just wasn't. Um, and there was, um, there was one other um, Tory who I really liked as well, and he's, he's gone over to Australia now, but um, he just had, he was, he was your granddad that was there he was just he and he was a lovely guy he was just a genuinely lovely guy he'd been on the uh, the council since the 70s i think um wow. and was just was just he was what he was actually the he became the the lord mayor um and was the 
basically stepped away he was not he was not liked by by um gilby and his cronies because of the fact that there was a one vote and i can't remember what it was on i think it was um it was with students locally and lord mayors and, and um sheriffs are not meant to necessarily vote they're meant to come back but it was a split vote and he just went no i'm voting this way and voted with labor and the lib dems over his party because he believed it was right for the people and that's the difference is that's he was a Tory. Right. He was a Tory for years before when when you know some of them were just not probably still at university, half half the people that were for the Tories. But he voted what was right, he believed was right, stepped out of his position that's meant to be, meant to be, depending on the rules, neutral, and said, No, I'm voting the way that I think is right. And that's why we all had respect for him, because it was just like, no, no, no. He's 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 good. And there were three, four of them like that on the opposition, and we knew we could go to them, we could have a point, we could have a chat and go, look. We don't necessarily agree on this. Where's the point at which we do agree? Because that's, that's usually what it is, is that there is a point at which you do agree. It's, there's not, it's almost impossible. If, if everyone didn't see the parties and just wrote down a list of everyone's, my camera's hating me at the moment, but um, just wrote down a list of everyone's policies and just put a tick by which one you liked. I guarantee you, that you will have at least one tick by every single party, even the ones that are horrendous parties, because they obviously push policies to make sure that they're not looking that horrendous. And so there's always a point at which they go, we agree on this. We do not agree why we do not agree the, the way to fix everything. But where, where, do we, where do we cross over? What point do we go? Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. It's like with our first, um, the first podcast we did for us a minute ago, for everyone else a week ago, where we agreed and disagreed on trigger warnings. There was a point at which we agreed, because even if you disagree, although the disagree was not that strong, it was more of agreement than disagreement. But there's always a point at which you're going to go, oh, okay, well, no, I don't necessarily. Yeah, it was more a different perspective. So you yeah, were coming in from a political viewpoint. I was coming in from a psychological viewpoint. We're both right, and our, our perspectives are both equally as valid. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's some conflict in the in the perceptions and the ideas of where that some, you know, resonates out to. And but essentially, we we were able to hold a conversation and go right. Well, this is where I stand. This is where you stand. This is where we meet in the middle and. Absolutely. You know, this is where we start working from. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is because I think it sounds so ridiculous, but if for a lot of young people as well, when people go, but why can't they see this? Why can't they do that? Because their perception is different because it's not the time that they lived in. It's not. And, you know, I've talked about toxic masculinity before, but you've got to remember that people that are in a or being brought up in a society of toxic masculinity and a privilege do not see anything else because they're not that's not the world they live in in the same way that if you come from the exact opposite and you you've had to work far harder for everything and you come from a point of absolute um, desperation you don't see the other side of it because you can't and it's just that bit of where that's why um the one nation tories are usually the ones that a lot of people tend to work with and if people don't under, know what one nation tories are basically one nation tories are tories who believe that because of their privilege they should um what's the wording they should be able to look after everybody their privilege should should mean that they get to it's a nanny state idea but they're doing it from a point of we should be able to help and that's why one nation tories tend to get on with other parties because they go yeah we know we're privileged we still think we're right about everything but we do want to help you like there's still a kind of we want to help 
and you go, well, we want the help. Okay, well, cool. Let's we'll find how we can make this work. <laughs> exactly. And that's yeah. why everybody can. Like, there is no, they're completely wrong. And I think this is a big... And I think we can tie this down to, to you know, the political parties we join. Because mm. no political party is going to be a perfect, have a perfect manifesto that you're going to agree with every single point on. Um, you know, there's some um, points, there's a lot of points in the Tory manifesto I do not agree with, but there's some in there that I do. Mm. There's a lot in the Labour policies that I really like, but there's an awful lot in there that I don't like too. And I can say the same for Lib Dems. Now, with being um, more on the inter international area concept of, of policies and, and this global interaction as well that Lib Dems um, perpetrate and with the MF network and trauma being so widespread and a global thing as well, I fit more in into that kind of area of politics because it's you know that's where most of their policies are that align with who I am. But there's still policies and things that they do that I disagree with, and that's okay. That is okay, and it's acceptable, and it's it's going to happen. You're not going to have a party that fits you perfectly, and it's a case of finding you know, where where you align the most um, and and going, okay, so I don't agree here with you, but let's figure out where we meet in the middle and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I've never understood it because everyone wants their politicians to be exactly like them. But if you had a, a lover <laughs> that was the identical of you, you'd fucking hate it. We all would. We, none of... I. I would be arguing with myself all day, every day. Absolutely. I couldn't deal. If I had a carbon copy of, I could not deal with that. One of us, one of us would murder the other one. It wouldn't happen. It just couldn't happen. But if it's a politician, oh no, if they don't believe in exactly what I believe, then they're wrong and all racist and arseholes. That's not how it fucking works. Now, some people shouldn't ever be allowed to enter politics. Absolutely. Some people should be. Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Trump. Um, <laughs> some people should not be allowed anywhere fucking near it but that doesn't mean that anybody that's associated with them is bad now there is oh for god's fucking name there is even somebody from who has worked with johnson who is not tarred by it and i can't remember his name he stood for a leader oh that's going to irritate crap out of me but stuart yeah something stuart oh anyway even someone closely associated worked with johnson came out of it okay because his once his, the way that he does things, the way that he represents people is not reflective of the people that worked around him. And he has managed to keep his reputation and his respect because of the fact that he's gone, no, 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 this is how I rock. He's one of the few people that called out bullshit way before everyone else did. And that's the thing is that people are people no matter what. They don't suddenly stop being normal people just because they're politicians. And I think the worst we do it is... It also affected fear actually getting into this was was that people would start seeing me as just another politician, mm. and I'd be you know all oh, all politicians are the same. Yeah. It's like, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not from that world. I wasn't even brought up to think politics was important. I'm I'm 34 years old and just figuring that shit out now. Like, um. Oh. I'm not your typical politician. I'm not your typical politician material. You know, I've had a rough life. I don't tick many of the, the favourable boxes, but that in itself is what the the general public relate to because 
I'm just like that. I'm, I'm a normal everyday person that's that's been living the same life as everyone else in the UK. I'm not I'm not one of these same politicians that everyone off. They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the same. Well, we're tied by rules and code of conduct and, and stuff like this, which you know does mean we're not always allowed to show our our, our personality as as blazingly as we'd like to. Um, but I try and, and continue being who I am and basically tell the, the political et etiquette to, to shove it up its own rear end, really. Oh, yeah, I'm amazed I never got hit by code of conduct. It was Rory Stewart, by the way, the, the person I was thinking of, who, again, he voted with uh, Labour and the Dems on custom unions. So he, as, a, as an MP, which is even more of a thing to be able to go, yeah. I'm not voting with my party. Um, so he, oh, yeah. But if everyone just went, oh, no, all the same, they, they've, they, they've, um, they, they're this party, so that's it. And you're going to go, well, he is, but actually he's voted with the other party. His, his viewpoint, his, his basic thing is, no, no, I think, I think conservative, which, you know, okay, my mum's conservative. Um, I disagree with her on many things. However, my stepfather is also conservative, and me and him agree on things that we don't agree with my mother. For instance, me and him are both pro-European. He's very old school Tory. I'm um, Lib Dem. My mum's Tory, and me and him agree, and she doesn't. It's you know, there's yeah. an individual approach to things, and that's the thing. And it can also really affect us. I think with with mental health as well is that the this continued continued rivalry in this way is not good for any of us in our own mental health because it's just destructive of our own world. And it also a little bit a little bit of friendly competition. Yeah. is you know is healthy but this what we're seeing now especially on the national level um this toxic rivalry and and you know dragging through one another through the mud and digging through people's anything they can get hold of to discredit and smear and and taint each other is toxic behavior you wouldn't allow you you know you wouldn't allow this to happen in a in a school playground amongst children. So why are we, you know, accepting this from from our MPs who are dragging each other through the dirt? And and I get that it's part of the political games. I get it's part of the political way of doing things, especially at that that level. But for me, it's it's not appropriate. It's not needed. It's toxic, and it just creates the the environment that we now have today in the UK of all this animosity towards different you know parties and groups and people because there's too much freaking toxic shit flying around and it, it, it means that no one ends up getting a voice because if you call everyone on one side racist arsehole and everything else then they call you lefty liberal we're not gonna listen to a fucking word and so your views don't get pushed forward their views don't get, and you can't find a compromise you can't yeah yourself you can't do anything because oh well we're just going to do this and what what are you going to be able to do if i really hate the idea of not voting um really irritates me because um it, when people are just going to go well i'm not going to vote because all the same well i've gone over my views and they're all the same but the idea of not voting is going to help you how the fuck does that help yeah i, I know that there's plenty of people that want anarchy anarchy don't fucking work <laughs> you can't do it because I'm sorry. I also don't believe in the, the the kindness and niceness of people. I am I am a I am a I'm a Hobbesian um, in in my understanding. I'm, I'm Hobbesian Machiavellian in my understanding of what or my belief in what the understanding of people is. That's not to say that everybody is 
going to always be complete shit, but it just means that the um, the want for self-preservation, the way we continue comes from that. And yeah. that's, that's what I, I, so anarchy just doesn't work within that. And the democracy that we, we have, there are things in place to help us and that's how we need to do it. Yes, there are big shifts and there are big things that happen that change everything. Suffragette movement in the early 19, uh, 1900s that did something as well, but they did something. They didn't just shout about it and then just shut everyone down. They actively tried to get into debates. They actively tried to um, make sure that their words were shown. They actively did things rather than just say, no, fuck off, everything's wrong and we're going to break the system. They didn't want to break the system. They wanted to be part of it so that they could fucking stand. That's literally what they did. They, they tried to be part of the system and then immediately started standing in elections. It's almost immediate. You know, yeah. and, and that's the thing as to, uh, of working together. The obvious thing um, from suffragette movement is the the uh, a martial art that's known generally as being the gentleman's martial art, actually written into the character of Sherlock Holmes, which is Bartitsu. I used to be um, the head of the Bartitsu Alliance in the UK. It's a British martial art, uh, very much kind of the gentleman's, although it's not very gentlemanly, but it's the gentleman's martial art. The suffragettes, the reason they were able to fight with police and um, actually hold their own was because they went and learnt Bartitsu. So that very, very kind of entitled, um, you know, privileged white male background in Soho, where the, um, the dojo was, they were like, yeah, come in, we'll teach you. So even there, they were helping each other back then, and then it led to other things as well. So there's so much that can be had from actually engaging with people. But yeah. I, I always say to people, if, you know, there's there's um, philosophers, political philosophers and others that have been tarred because one person said one thing. And the same thing is happening now. So we think of um, Nicola Machiavelli. Everyone hears Machiavelli. Oh. Go and fucking read it. Go and read The Prince, everyone. And then go and read Discourses. So Nicola Machiavelli or Little Nicky, which is now another name for the devil. Little Nicky, Nicky comes from Nicolai Machiavelli. So go, if you go and read The Prince, if you read at the beginning of The Prince, that whole goddamn thing, one, was not telling somebody how, the, how to do things. It was basically, if you want to rule, this is how you do it. And if you actually read the words of Machiavelli, for instance, when he's talking about controlling land, he said, you should go there, help them make their own governments, be there, do not leave them by themselves. Actually, not the worst things, given the time period they're living in. But you also realise he was trying to get his job back. If you go and read discourses 30 years later when it's written from the perspective of the bottom up there's far more of his view which is far more mild but again his name throughout history now is well machiavelli bad oh, evil devil let's fucking not go and read it it's the same thing it's so many of these um so many of these and, and hobbes as well against rousseau most people go with rousseau if you read hobbes and the interaction with um the social contrasting well go and read leviathan you will find the same things but again People don't read it. People don't interact with it because that's what they said. As I said off camera, who do most people think is the person that says that um, capitalism has given us most of the world's, um, the world's good nowadays? Yeah. I'm going to guess yeah. most people are going to go, oh, my God, that's evil. No, that's the Tories. Fucking Marx. It's Karl Marx in the yeah. Communist Manifesto. Difference is I've read it. And this is the biggest... We have a similar thing in psychology, actually. Um people take one it's almost like they take a headline and go well this is it mm -hmm. this is what it is and that's it 
Um, the the best example I can give you on this is Mig's Briar personality test. It is useless. Yeah. Absolutely pathetic and useless. It was not designed by anybody in the field or with any idea of how to do uh, uh, psychometric testing. They they read something in in a in Jung's uh, book and went, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to make it. And now we've got America using this fake personality test and making billions of pounds of, of industry out of it in order to personality test which workers they want for, for their companies. But if you take the mixed prior test more than once, you're going to get a different result every time because it's not a valid My favorite one not is... a valid test. It's not a valid scientific or psychological um, process whatsoever. And yet people have taken this, oh, mixed by a personality test. I'm an INFJ, I'm an IFRT or whatever they are. And almost start embodying as if it's everything and the be all and end all. And it's not, it's not valid. It's not real. And if you look into it and you actually learn and, and look deeper, you'd understand that. And it's a similar thing with politics. People take a headline and go, oh, well, that's what it is. And form a judgment on it and then don't budge. But they're not willing to to deep dive and learn and understand where that headline's coming from, and they're not willing to critically evaluate them either, which I think is something we really need to start doing, not just in politics but in society in general. We start thinking critically about everything that we we take in. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's always amusing when people go, I don't want to, I I don't want a career politician. I'm like, no, 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 because. I kind of do because they've probably read the stuff that you're then arguing about them not uh, you completely wrong like they've actually gone into this stuff and um, yeah oh god the the Maya Briggs is is hilarious I think they because they read they read they read young and then as I remember it was something to do with a mother and a daughter mother and daughter it was her son-in-law or somebody was about to become a son-in-law and he didn't quite fit and so she wanted to understand and then she got the test to basically agree with the fact that he didn't fit into the family yeah and really, it was an unfounded theory. It was a passing thought that Jung came out with in one of his books. It was something that he never put onto paper in, in actual theoretical practice or, or as a hypothesis. It was just a passing idea that, that came up and then got latched onto and, and built into this massive industry that unfortunately uh, controls many people's chance of, of getting a job. You know, it's like a, it's, it's just it is nonsensical. I mean, if anyone wants to go and read Young, a lot of it is out there anyway. Um, yeah. I have I have quite a bit of his stuff here. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that, My life is back at home, unfortunately. Yeah, it's fun, but I mean, th this is the thing: is that it's not healthy for us mentally in any way because we're doing this and we're destroying our own self-worth our own um knowledge of the world everything about ourselves we're, we're effectively creating a trauma response within trauma for ourselves because we don't want to believe that somebody else can be good just because their views are different and this is where social media i think has had some problems with this because it's it's very black and white and it's it's probably and this brings me back to the 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 thing we were saying in in the previous episode of you can have two opposite things mm -hmm and then coexist at the same time, Yeah, you know, and this, both this and, you know, not either or, two opposites can coexist, yeah. you know, and an easy way of saying this is, you know, not every bad person 
will do bad things. They, bad people can do good things and good people can do bad things. Yeah. You know, those opposites can coexist in the same space and in within the same people and within the same societies and political structures that we have in place today. And yeah, we definitely need to move away from this binary of things and people and groups and politics are either this thing or they're that thing. That's not the world. The world isn't binary. Uh, nothing in this world is other than computer language. Um, you yeah. know, zeros and ones. Other than that, there's space in the middle. There's space in the middle between those binary points. You know, there's this, either this or either that is both this and that. Mm. And and it's this two opposites can coexist. And um, it's actually a, a thing that we use in trauma therapy to help uh, trauma um, victims process things where we do have a, an abuse coming from someone who is also a good person and trying to reconcile those two very very opposite things and um, we need to do the same in politics absolutely i mean it's that it's that thing of like the, the bullies and things like that often people that have been bullied it's it's that continuation because it's the only language they've been known to understand yeah but it, it's like when when i'm in twitch and i have um i have individuals on there that i will say to them like i'm an arsehole and they go no no no, no but you're a good person I'm like didn't say i wasn't you're, you're you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm like, I am an arsehole because that is the way I'm going to act to make sure that things are done, and that's the way I've always been, and it has helped, and it's the way I I need to be. But that doesn't mean you put me on a pedestal, and if I say I'm an arsehole, that that's not how it works. You, you yeah, like me calling myself a cunt. I put my hands up. I am an absolute fucking cunt. Mm. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to spend my time supporting other people. It's just the way I. I speak the way I approach things to some people can be cunty because mm. they're not used to it. And, you know, that's up to them to, to process how they feel about that. But being a, turning around and going, I'm a cunt doesn't mean that I'm calling myself a bad person. Like you calling yourself an asshole doesn't mean you a bad person. It's, it's, it's mine, mine is the diehard two way of dealing with psychology. Um, I've had this discussion with someone on their podcast is that they just went because the the comment about um, being an arsehole in Die Hard 2, he turns to someone and says, uh, I thought you were an arsehole. He says, I am. I'm just your kind of arsehole. And that's where my whole thing came from. But I literally I had a podcast and, so on, and he just went, so wait a minute, I could have just got rid of all of my books up here and just put Die Hard 2. I was like, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it's that thing is, they can coexist and that's what we need to remember is like you say yeah. good people can do bad things and bad i don't want to put this out there um but like we can take boris johnson as an example here mm. you know with all the news and stuff everyone you know on our side of politics especially is like he's a bad person he's a bad politician he's bad he's bad he's bad he's bad he's bad but he is also uh you can see in the fit in the in the photos in the media this week very loving father to his to his toddler you know he may be an asshole to the rest of the country but he's not an asshole to them yeah. he's not there he's their type of asshole he's not our type of asshole i mean how, yeah how many how many people who have ex-partners who they can't stand to be in the same room of room in will still go yeah but i don't want i want them to be in the child's life because they're a good father they're a good mother but you wouldn't go anywhere near them. But now, yeah, but they're a good mum. They're a good dad. 
Because they are, because it's different. Yeah. It's a different part of them. Yeah, it's a different relationship entirely. So there's a different, you know, sense to it. Mm. Um, and again, it's that bad and good coexist in the same space. There is no either or. And it's uh, this, I think in politics, it becomes, especially nowadays, is this idea that we can't work with bad people to get good things done. Now, again, I don't care if someone's bad. I, I, and I've, said, I've said this about, um, about mental health specifically because of my charity. I will happily, when, when, when my charity is bigger and a couple of years down the road, I'm able to actually get in, involved in using that to get into policy. I am more than happy to use complete scum of the earth politicians or whoever to get things done if what they're doing is going to be helpful. I'm not going to negate their help just because they're a shit on everything else, because their help is going to be helpful to way more people than they're being a shit to. So it's the idea that we just cut off is ridiculous. It's like, well, everything is... I can apply that to my experience too, actually, um, of of just becoming engaged with politics. You know, I was like, oh, fuck politicians. I'm not interested in politics. No, 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 no. But in order for me to be able to become uh, a really good therapist, I need those barriers and policies changing. So I need to start cooperating with this 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 thing that I've always seen as a bad thing mm. in order to get this done. Yeah. In order to change the policies that that prevent people from accessing mental health support, that prevent them from accessing social care and and you know healthcare and and education and and treatments and things like this i need to now work with this thing that i've always perceived as big and bad and horrible and evil and manipulative and toxic now i'm having to work with it and it's like actually it's both it has the potential of being both and every single thing and every single one of us has the potential to be both yeah absolutely and it's that doesn't mean that either of us are saying that, that certain things shouldn't come with consequences, because I know that's the immediate oh, yeah. some people going, well, that means no, 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 no. Firstly, I don't believe in, in cancel culture, but not for the reason that many people are going to say, I don't believe in it because I don't believe it's real. Um, you either somebody will try and nothing happens because you've done nothing wrong or somebody does and something does happen because you have. It's the idea of cancel culture people think is new. It's not. I was watching an episode of Boston Legal the other night from 2005, where they talked about Bill Mayer being cancelled, 17 years ago. It's, it's not a new invention from the, two, from the 2020s that people think it is. Um, you know, the ideas have always been there since millennials and beforehand, so that's just nonsense. But consequences are starting to be more, you know, people actually get the consequences from them. And that's right, it should happen. But that's not what we mean. It doesn't mean that everyone is protected. It just means that we find common ground to make sure that things are done to make things better in general, whether that's mental yeah. health, politics, or the two coming together. Because people that need consequences will get them because that's the, the society we've seen. And those that don't deserve them, who maybe put something up in 19 they don't actually fucking know anything more about, which I'll talk about a specific person online, I think we all know, that's different. It's different. And I'm sorry, the idea that it's not and the idea that, oh, yeah, but they were a grown up at that point. So what? Because that I really get irritated by that when people go, yeah, but they were grown up at 18 and 19. Yeah, they were kind of. But also, have you not? As, are we going to suggest that someone that at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 is the exact same person as they are when they're 70? 
when they're 50, 60s, 80s, they're not the same fucking person because they're allowed to grow. It's such a weird thing that I found is that we want to be able to allow people to grow and become better unless they've done something wrong. Not allowed to do that anymore. No, you're not allowed to grow. You're not allowed to become a better person. What the fuck are you on about? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. That's people that seem to be all for the idea of no, that's it. They've said one bad thing. Are also people that support rehabilitation of prisoners. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking make any sense. Somebody has changed. Somebody has changed. They're not the same anymore. They've apologised potentially, like um, Kevin Hart apologised massively a long time, and as a comedian, was taking it in very different ways, and then has not been the same way. Apologised. 50 fucking times originally and then like 10 years later somebody talked about it well yeah because he had a bias he was in in fact he was biased and stereotyping a bit like every fucking person that has a go at these people is doing exact same thing you're all stereotyping you're being biased against something the same way they were but i think the difference is it's it's when you not only accept that you've you've harmed even if it wasn't your intention yeah the impact yes. is always greater than the intention. Yeah. If the impact has harmed others and you apologise and then move on, okay. But if you apologise, move on and carry on as you were, yeah, exactly. you're being a fucking arsehole. Exactly. And that's if you apologise, acknowledge what you've done and then change, then you're, de- then you're being a decent person. Then you're allowing yourself to grow, yourself to learn and yourself to develop into a more mature, a more balanced, and a more round, well-rounded individual. Joss Whedon, James Gunn. That's the two that come, come to, because Joss Whedon apparently has always been a cunt and is still seemingly one. Um, Gunn apparently was a cunt. Nobody said he was, at least, in the, at least in the past like 10, 15 years, no one's had a bad thing to say against him. So James Gunn, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yes, consequences, fuck him off. This one... James Gunn seems to have learned and moved forward. And that's the key thing, is that learning. Yeah. It's that constant learning and reevaluating and checking ourselves for when we're being toxic and where we're putting out stuff that may be harmful without the intention mm. and calling ourselves on that bullshit before we call it out in other people. And I think that gets missed a lot, not just in society, but in politics a lot as well. We're very quick to call out other people for what they're doing wrong, but not enough people are uh, are willing to look at themselves and see how they're being toxic, how their actions are, you know, perhaps unintentionally or intentionally, negatively and harmfully impacting others. And if we're not willing to take that reflection in on ourselves and, you know, address those things in ourselves and and go, right, okay, I need to grow, I need to evolve, I need to learn, Mm. then we can't expect other people to do that either. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I I actively, before we started this or the the, the original podcast, whenever, I said, as I say to all my female guests, if I talk over over you, tell me to shut the fuck up. Because I know... I'm going to pull your ass out. I know, because I realised what I just did. And uh, on I, two counts. I, mis- on two counts. I misgendered you. Um, <laughs> yeah, one, you misgendered me. And, and two, female is a very misogynistic term for that. woman. Um, we, don't call, we don't call men male when we're talking about men's issues, but we call women female when we're talking about female issues. And that's a very old, archaic I mean, um, really, I've traveled through the decades. So 
I will call your ass out as well. I don't know, go for it. I mean, I would say male. This is why I always find it strange. But then again, I'm in my own echo chamber, as everyone is, which is the point we're making. Um, When we're talking about scientific terminology and clinical terminology, such as anatomy, like with plants, we have female stamen on on plants and things like this. We have female and male dogs. But we don't call them female and male dogs, do we? We call them dogs and bitches. I just call them dogs. But yeah. and we call dogs dogs. We never call them male dogs. They're just dogs. Yeah, that's true. But we call female dogs, female dogs or bitches. And this is where you can see the term female being a dehumanizing term rather than a, a and that's the issue with... term as, as male would be. Oh, yeah. And again, this is, comes from the thing of because I've never, when I was growing up, never saw this. It's hard for me. Like a bit like yeah. the one for me um, that I really never understood was the one about smile. And the reason I never understood it is because I constantly, when I was younger, got told to smile. And so I, I could not understand the, the thing. And then I've, I've learned from there. People are also gonna think that I did that on purpose because we're talking about it. I really didn't. I didn't actively misgender um, little there. It is just part of your mind sometimes that, that goes to it. And um, I, I know it seems, it might seem like I, I actively did that to make a point. I didn't, but that's kind of the point as well is that it can be easy sometimes because of the way they're brought up to make those mistakes. Um, yeah, and, then, and you know, this is a perfect interjection where we can say it's okay to accidentally misgender someone. If you misgender me and you go, oh, I'm sorry, that's perfectly okay. Thank you for recognising you made that mistake. You've learned, you're, you're taking it in and you're moving forwards. Mm. But if you go, oh, it doesn't fucking matter, fuck you, yeah. then you're being a cunt. Exactly. That, that right? is the difference. That is the difference. I mean, I... I very immediately realized when I did it, I didn't realize about female, which I get your, I, I get your point as well, because that's, I think that becomes harder for me to understand because of. Yeah, the, yeah. the dog, the dog yeah. analogy is a really good one to, to, to comprehend and, and wrap your head around that one, because we don't call male dogs, male dogs. We just call them dogs. Dogs yeah. are dogs. It's what we do call female dogs, female. Yeah. And we do. We distinct, we take that distinction away. They're still dogs. They're all dogs. But yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's it's one of those things that is it's it's learned and it gets learned over 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 time when you get used to it. I think Patton Oswald, Patton Oswald, the comedian, said about this because um, he's he's incredibly like left and, and liberal and everything, and he 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 was just like I, I I need a minute to catch up sometimes because when you're indoctrinated by the past so much. It is kind of hard sometimes going to go, fuck, I'm being an idiot. And I can't realise I'm being an idiot. What the fuck was I an idiot? And it's, it gets hard sometimes. Um, it's, it's always interesting because I use, I, I use they and them so much throughout my entire life. I've never said, it's always strange when people said, oh, well, it's not right grammatically. And I'm like, well, I've been wrong grammatically my entire fucking life then. Because I would always say they. And I, I, as a normal thing. Someone has lost their dog. Yeah, exactly. They would be happy if I returned it to them. <laughs> we, use, we use they, them in the singular all the time, but you know. How are they? How are they? Again, here we go with another political issue that is also social and community. Yeah. How are they? It's all intersex. How are they? How are they? Seems so normal as opposed to how is she? How is he? For some reason, how are they? Just innately seems right to me for everyone. How they doing? Yeah. yeah exactly how are they you know it's just it's just just, just normal to me but i've yeah i i miss i i uh, i've missed in friends before the one well, 
you might be able to help me on this because okay. I genuinely have trouble with this when I'm trying to identify and I'm going to have trouble with it doing it now. So my sister's child is non-binary. I used to say niece or nephew. Is there a shorthand that I just haven't come across? Because it sounds so weird when I say my sister's child every time, because I don't talk to them as, as by their name. So I, there must be a word it's, just, it's weird so the best rule of thumb i can give you in this in this situation is ask the non-binary non-binary person themselves what they would prefer in the first instance and in this case ask your sister what their preference is because it is going to vary depending on on whereabouts you are in the world um so they live in Austria and I, I'm here. So there might be there might be a cultural thing as well. It yeah, is, you know, there's the cultural changes to language. So it's always when we're talking about preferences and, and language, especially around trans non-binary, it depends on the person. You know, not every non-binary person is going to use they them pronouns. Some non-binary people use I, use I, neon pronouns. You know, and yeah. you're not going to know this unless you ask that person. Oh, they they do so they they use they them they they so there's non-binary they use they them that's why i was then that's when it then came i'll kind of wait because well, i said i said um i said uh the, the kind of relationship with with um the sex and i was like that's not right or is it, it, it just got confusing it's because I don't, I don't talk to them that that often uh, it's not it's not someone that i have so it would seem it would seem weird for me to suddenly just contact them and go hey by the way it would seem really strange and it's yeah. only when I'm saying to other people, oh, yeah, you know. Well, this. let's put it out there, you know. Yeah, if anyone so, has an answer, I, what do you like? I have nieces and nephews, but uh, none of them are really old enough to understand the, the concept of gender yet. They're below four years old. Hmm. Um, so uh, it's not popped up in, 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 in my family yet. Um, for me, I would just, I'd just use my name you know um yeah i think it's when or, I, you know as you said my my sister's child because that is neutral that is yeah. neither one nor the other and it's in the middle um, but yeah. let's let's see what the the community says because i'm sure you're going to get some uh, some of the lgbt following along and watching this and i'm sure there'll be some non-binary and, and transgender uh, oh, yeah. one of the us. people so i mean one of the people in if the there's more than one term one neutral yeah. term for nieces and nephews we will be able to discover um yeah. there will be cultural differences in language across different oh, countries that, that's a, i mean that's that's the god that's a, a big problem with mental health and stuff and language in general is words especially lgbt words i'm thinking between america and the uk when there is no vitriol whatsoever especially depending on someone's age of how they use certain words which then America can see is completely different. You know what I found? I don't have a funny story about that. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's always interesting. I mean, actually, one of the people that is a mental health person on on Twitch that I would say to go and speak is um, non-binary as well. It's it's it is it is something that um thinking. But yes, again, um, everyone, I did not do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. That was just me slipping. Yeah, yeah. Careful. <laughs> I'm still on. That's the wizard. <laughs> um. Taking the camera. 
Um, We're in the studio at the oh, moment. Right, okay. So I will show you around. This is where I play and relax when I am not working or doing politics or education. And I, uh, I just tend to hit things because of martial arts. That's that's my <laughs> very very obviously um, you know helpful for for mental health. That would hit things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I play I play dress ups and I'll I'll be different characters in different places, different times, whatever imagination takes place. And... I'm awful with that because I've um, Oh, what's the word? It's like when I read as well. It's a something. Look, I can't imagine it. it, it fantasy and all that is, is just doesn't work in my head. But there's a name for someone that can't, like, I can't get something out of the page. Like, I can't create the characters and stuff. There's a name for it. You know, I'm awful, I'm awful with that stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, a person. There, I just can't. Yeah, it's a something. I can't think of what it is. But yeah, yeah. I'm awful with it. I'm, I, I'd never understood when I was growing up about, um, but that, that, that's something as well with with politics and social norms. The social norms are created by the by the the politics that's in in the community, and that was a weird thing in my head. Just just that idea of going, well, what's wrong with me then? And I think that becomes a question for a lot of people: what's wrong with me because the social norm says otherwise? Um, it is, yeah, and there's uh, nothing wrong with you. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. It, it just becomes a, a, a thing. What were you saying about, um, you had a story about the use of language between... Yes, yeah. So we're, we're very, I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the, when it comes to LGBT language and the difference between US and UK, we know exactly which word we're talking about here. And it begins with F. And uh, my first time, the first few times on TikTok, I didn't realise just how much of an American following I had. Um, uh, so I'm, you know, on live stream going, oh, give me a minute, guys. I'm off to go put my dinner in the oven. Oh, little, what are you having for dinner? And so I answered with... Yeah. <laughs> and chips with mashed potato, you know. Oh, proper, proper. Uh, oh, you... Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, and everyone's like, oh, little, you can't say that. That's a slur, that's a slur. Oh, my God, little, I can't believe... I'm going... Food. <laughs> Oh crap! I have Americans in here, and they don't know I'm talking about meatballs. That's why I, whenever I do this, so if you say the word now, and so I got the box. I got the box and went, guys, look, look, this, this yes. is dinner. I'm cooking meatballs, not people in my oven. I promise. I I've, promise. I've literally had to. And do I was so, I was so upset with the fact that I, I completely spaced over the fact that this is a is you know a derogatory and it's, it's a slur in my community but it's also food yes i mean it's and it's that language it's the two different meanings for the same word and it can get people into such a mess yeah you need to be very when you're when you're saying it you need to be incredibly clear i i, I would yeah say, is the name of it like it's it's hard to go anywhere else with it because it is literally what it's called that's that's yeah. the problem it's not like it's it's not a People might think, oh, well, you've got to you stop using the slang. It's, it's not even the slang word for it. It's literally what yeah. it's called. So it's, it's not, it's very hard to do. And I'm going to, I will say that. The, like, the one I've had was, well, why don't you just call them meatballs? Like, meatballs are meatballs. These aren't yeah. quite the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's um, not the same. It, and I'm not quite sure why or how it got that name. I'm, I think it's a, a Midlands-based dish that came from... Um, middle of England work how, how it got its name I'm not entirely sure on but okay. it is something where I was horrendously embarrassed with myself 
because I didn't realize just how many American people I had when for them, they don't know that it's food yeah. as well as a slur. That's why they I don't always, know it's two yeah. things. I always say to people um, beforehand when I do that, and with cigarettes as well, you got the same thing with cigarettes. Yeah, um, cigarettes, yeah. Um, Although I've got used to saying cigarettes instead of fags these days. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. I am often speaking with the other side of the pond, then the UK. I don't um, smoke, so it's fine. And I'm vegetarian, so I'm, I'm relatively safe, generally. But, um, but yeah, it's, it is. And weirdly, I mean, the, the, meat, the, the meatball, from it, it comes first. That's what created the story in America, because they took the English language and changed it. Um, but it's, I think it's Germanic. I think it comes from Germanic. And it's, it, it was that the way that people then thought about it as meatballs and all that kind of bullshit and then changed it into the slur. But yeah, it's, it's a very hard one. It's like there's a type of cheese. I can't remember the, the name of it now. But there's a type of cheese in Australia that's named after a person. Their name is that. It, that it's their name. But it's also um, an old school 1950s slur word. And you're like, that one, I'm like, maybe maybe, maybe rebrand it. Give it, the, give it the person's first name. Like there's a, yeah. there's a way around that. Whereas, you know, for, for that, it's very different because it is literally the product itself. But it's, the other one I had was um, a friend of mine who they blocked someone from the community because they misunderstood something. Because someone put our kid. They were English in the Midlands put our kid. They yeah. thought our meant um, slow against dis, uh, meant, uh, yeah. uh, learning difficulties. And I immediately just went and messaged just went, no, 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 like, because they'd already said where they're from. Like, no, 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 you just blocked someone that's just saying that they're mate, basically. That's that's a term of endearment. That's not a, and it's really. Our kid, as in our, kid. our child. Or our friends, yeah, our kid. Our friend or our mate. Or it's, it's the equivalent of saying, oh, you my dude. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's a very kind of Midlands, Northern thing in the Yeah, year. it is Northern dialect, that one. My dad's from All right, our kid. <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah our, our kid is just normal and i had to go and message him and say look actually they're not trying to uh they're not trying to say anything bad yeah. they're, they're, actually that's just but this is where we come back to the conversation about impact and intent oh, yeah. you know it's for me on on the tiktok live it wasn't my intent to say uh say a slur yeah my intent was to explain to people what i was having for dinner yeah. And, you know, I brought out the box. Look, this is what it's called. And I explained my intent because I realized the impact that it had. And I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot that, you know, this is also a, a slur for our community because it's not something you hear in the UK very often directed as a slur. At least I, in my own personal experience as LGBT, it's not something that I've experienced being targeted towards me or people around me. The only time I really often use the word and heard the word is when referring to this this dish. Um, so, you know, I acknowledged the the impact. I explained the intent and I put my hands up and went, yeah, I, I, I realized now I'm, a so I'm sorry if it has yeah. offended or hurt anybody. Not my intention. This is what I was talking about. And we moved on. You know, and actually the conversation started uh, to develop into what we're doing now. The difference between language in different cultures and different societies, how the same word can mean something completely different um, elsewhere. And, you know, what may be harmful in one place is is perfectly innocent in another.
like the word cunt. That coexistence again. Yeah, like the word cunt. I mean, it's it's yeah. so harsh in America, but for most of Australia, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, it's generally, I think, used as a term of endearment. There was actually um, Ricky Gervais talks about this. He he um, he was in Scotland, and there was um, a, a police officer that came up to him and just went, "Ah, um, you're funny, can't you?" And he had um, an American manager with him who just freaked out. Oh fuck! What's it? It's like no, no, no. He's just saying he thinks I'm funny. Like the fuck? <laughs> and that happens a lot. Like um, you know, it's just um, it's really funny when I have because it's almost like. Um, I have American friends who almost relish in the idea because they like it's it's still naughty for them. And when I'm around and when I'm talking to them, like, and they want to be able to use it, like, oh, I can say it because Adam's here. Oh, it's a, you know, these are forty-year-old men. They're just like, yeah, but ah, uh, because it's it's still it's not part of their culture before, and and now it's been introduced. Yeah, it's not the word damn, which was so strange. I remember um something in my in my stream once. Um, I used the words damn, and they were just like, oh, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that hadn't even occurred to me as being a swear word. I'm like, what? From like, yeah, what, like, what the fuck? Like, that's kind of like preschool swearing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's very much in the Midwest and the Southern states, still like a, it's a, and they say curse word, which I still find weird. It's curse word is still weird to me. Um, it's because, again, even that terminology, curse word, a, a, denotes itself with religion so yeah it's 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 very strange it's very strange with um with language i think we have to be careful about it we also i feel also need to be aware i think there's two sides of it we need to make sure that we are dealing with it properly but other people need to be aware because again it comes back to that they're awful and wrong because it's like yes but it's not in in someone's life uh, in their culture everything there's nothing wrong with it at all, not even the, the hint of being something. It's very difficult to try and move away from that because of the global world. And that's that becomes very hard. It's like you know, there are some terms and things where you know universally we yeah. know yeah, are universal. yes. There no. are some. Like there's there some are, words, there are words universally that we never never say. Um you know for yes. for example the the Arsler. Yeah. For, you know, disabled community, that is a no-no in any no -no everywhere. Yeah. You know? And I do understand in some places it is deemed uh, it's a word for being late, mm. you know. Um but because it's such a massive yeah. impact Fuck it is, isn't um, it? and and universally known, then you know, we all universally know that word's a no-no. Um same with the N-word, you know. Yeah. Anyone, anyone like this should never, ever, 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 ever say it. It is not a word for us to say. And we know this universally. Yes, um, then there are other words and terms um, that aren't so universally known and do have other meanings that aren't so universally known. And it's about listening to one another, learning each other's social, cultural languages and, and finding a way to move forwards with that cooperatively instead of you know in conflict with one another that's the thing don't shutting each other down doesn't help and like you said there are universal ones where you can you can kind of go like you did with um with the people okay right there's there's some fuck up there but you couldn't say the n-word and go oh it's just fuck. no because there isn't there's no excuse is there because we all universally know that's that it's plain out racist like we we know the difference i mean weird enough um 
Trevor Noah, gosh, God, I got his name eventually, who's from South Africa, never knew it as a as a as a slur word in South Africa. It was only ever used for people that weren't Christian, I believe. I read his book. It was let me put there. So he can explain that background and the etymology of it. I'm not fucking going to because we know we don't. That's that's the difference. It's not our place. It's not our experience. And it's, you know, culture is different. It's not our story to to educate. We can exactly. find oh, yeah. to to those, especially on social media. These days, we've got so many creators from different communities we shouldn't be speaking on their experiences and we should be signposting to those communities. Um, if anyone does want to read that book... I've not worked across the board. Oh, yeah, I mean, if anyone does want to read that book, by the way, because it's awesome, Trevor Noah is um, born a crime uh, because his father's Swiss and I believe his mother was Cossa, which I cannot say properly, but I think that's um, what she was. But yeah, so that, that's an amazing, amazing book. And I think that's really, he's, he's, a, he's if you ever watch his stuff behind the scenes that he does with The Daily Show, he's amazing in there. He did one about, um, about, uh, about culture and how he, saw, um, how he saw people playing for football teams. It's really, really interesting when he does it. But yeah, the, the, like you say, there's, there's some words that are just universal. And that, that's it. There's the, the, pretty much most fucking words, I'm not... I'm, you know, you just don't. And if you're one of the people that's going to jump on this video and start arguing about, about you know, the N-word, then you're exactly the type of arsehole we're fucking talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's, 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 it's that oh. simple. You know, if you disagree with, with the fact that, that throwing the N-word around is racist, then you're yeah. fucking racist. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's no, there is no excuse. There is none. There yeah. is no... Um, and while we're talking on that, because... I don't want to to just touch on on this element and this this community without signposting to pe people to someone um, who has so much more resources. Um, so uh, T Blizzy on TikTok has an amazing account and and challenges a lot of different subjects, um, um, not just uh, as as a as a black woman, but as as part of the LGBT as well. Um, and in her profile, you'll find a link tree, and that is full, full of resources for people to go and learn how not to be racist. And I, I strongly recommend you, you all go watch her content as well, if, if you know, not if, it should uh, be something that it's, you're working on in yourself in, in addressing those in, implicit biases that we all have and we all have to work on. Um, yeah. But it saves them having to do the work over and over and over, constantly being asked to to teach and educate. They we shouldn't be putting that burden on them, and we should be educating ourselves with the resources from people of those communities. Mm. So the same with the transgender community. Go speak to trans people. Go read material written by trans people to understand the trans experience. Because you're not going to get that from people who don't have that experience. And the same applies to race, the same applies to gender, the same applies to, to everything. You're going to get a, a better representation if you hear it from the community and not someone speaking over or for the community. It's like we used to say with um, go and talk to your granddad or your grandma to learn about their days. It's the same. It's the same principle. It's exactly the same principle. We don't do enough of that either nowadays, which is a, a, an issue. But it's the one of the things I really enjoyed on my campaign trail was, as I said, I've got a, 
a large majority of much older people in my ward. Yeah. And I spent most of the time sat down in the gardens having a good night listening <laughs> to their stories. Yeah. I would spend hours listening to the wizard. Now, he's just turned 75 this year. He remembers all of the big bands coming out before they were famous, you know, um, I think it was uh, Led Zeppelin nearly stood on his fingers before Led Zeppelin was famous. And, you know, he, he opened for some major one that I can't remember now. I'll spend hours sat listening to his stories over and over and over again on repeat. And I learned so much about how his life was and how it was back then, socially and culturally and politically. Mm. Um, I know we give boomers a lot of slack. And a lot of, oh, it's your fault, the states are in. But when we think back, it's the boomer generation that became known as the first teenagers. Because teenagers didn't exist. This rebellious teenage stereotype didn't exist until the boomers became teenagers and started using music to protest. Yeah. And, you know, pushing civil movements through the way that we see them with music and things like this. Now, fair enough that originates within the black community over in America. They're the ones that taught us all how to protest and organize and, and push for social causes. Um, and a lot of the stuff we have in this day and age comes from that community and they deserve an awful lot of respect and recognition for that that they don't receive. And it's, again, I wouldn't know this if I hadn't spent time sat listening to, to the wizard for, I'm calling him the wizard for anonymous purposes. Because he is a wizard with a camera. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't know and understand his perspective of his world growing up if I didn't spend time listening to him, you know? It's, it's so interesting looking look into the past and things anyway. Um, one of the masters I'm doing is in, is in modern um, history. And it's, it's, always, it's always interesting for so many different things. I mean, looking at, because we just spoke about it, racism is is an interesting one. I mean, the one that shocks you the most, maybe shocks a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of us do have an opinion about America and their racist behaviours. Um, the one that's so shocking is that um, Mickey from the Rocky films or Penguin from the Batman films, if you remember, um, he played, um, he did propaganda videos during the Second World War on, um, there was one where they were stepping off of a train and um, there was a black soldier with him, American black soldier, who was chatting to a um, you know, nice old lady for a cup and invited him around for a cup of tea. And he had to say, this is a propaganda video for British, uh, for, sorry, for American soldiers to warn them that that's normal, to warn them that there's no separation between black and white. And there was actually, I mean, if everyone go and look this one up, the, the Battle of Bamber Bridge, which is one of the most obvious ones, which is where, um, they basically Americans try to tell British publicans um, don't serve black people because we separate them and the publicans in the area went okay fuck you put up signs in their pubs saying blacks only which pissed off the um, the white American um, servicemen and then it basically became a, a fight an actual fight between white British servicemen local British and um, black American servicemen against the white American servicemen. We were we were yeah. trying to push it because it was like we don't fucking care what color that. What the fuck are you on about? Like that was the that was a big thing of racism that's swept under the bridge so much. Um, and it's good to kind of realize and see that you know 
there was progressive change that's then gone like this since that time period in England in certain areas, but there was progressive change even then. So when people always try and go, well, they, they knew better back then, sorry, they didn't know back, better back then, things were different. It's also important to know the stories that prove that they did know better. They did know better back then. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, most people, great, they were clearly, the, 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 the publicans in that area and the, soldier, the, the British soldiers in that area knew better and they fucking acted on it. Yeah, and, and they were like, "Fuck you! They're allowed in. Yeah, what you've been an asshole for." Yeah, it, yeah. And then their kids or people around them are the ones that maybe have gone another way. So we we need to remember, you know, we can see these stories. Whether we need to go back into history or whether we need to talk to people, there's there's ways of learning. Plus this, oh, well, they're from a different time. Well, they were born a lot longer ago, yeah, but they're from this time. They're living in this time now. There is no excuse in this day and age with the information, with the access to, to, you know, resources and education and different communities speaking out and sharing their experiences. They live in this time, too. Yeah. They're not living in that time. It's now the 21st century and they are living in this time, too. So they should know better by now. And if anything, they've had longer on this planet to learn. Yeah, so they should know better more than any of us. And they should be able to change. As we said, they can change. I mean, the obvious one for me for, that proved change and someone learning, which was amazing to see, was it was an image from the BLM marches. And um, it was completely misrepresented by the media. And it was, the, it was a young guy, I think he was in his 20s, covered in kind of Nazi tattoos, um, white guy, and he had his hand out. And the media prescribed it as, uh, being a, a fist out against the BLM marchers until the BLM marchers came out and just went, what the fuck are you doing? It actually turns out this guy had been um, born into and brought up through a kind of KKK um, white supremacist family, had moved away from them and was desperately trying to get the money together to get rid of his tattoos now that he'd met other people, learned about things. And his hand out wasn't a fist. It was him asking to be given one of the flags so that he could march with them. And that was, you know, that and that's where we need to yeah, make sure the learning and changing your own self. The second he learned, he went, what the fuck? And changed everything and wanted to march with these people, which given the fact that you're covering those kind of tattoos is a hell of a way of going. You know what? No, I'm I'm with you. I know what I fucking look like, but I'm with you. And the media tried to fob it off as being something else. And so that's where it's important to kind of go, no, no, no. This person is only really, like they're in their 20s, but they're not really. Like in terms of the world, they're a child because they've only just got away from their family. Um, and it's important to, to know that they could learn. And the, the fact, it was very good that the, the BLM marches themselves came out. So, no, 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 no. We were like chatting to this guy. Like but he yeah. marched with us. What the fuck are you about? Like he was shouting yeah. the same as us, you know. Um, it is important and it's very, very damaging when we don't recognise that of other people. We don't try and learn other people's stories because we get stuck. We get stuck in, we don't know where... And that first impression. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because you just yeah. get destroyed by the world. You get destroyed by the world. You know, you know there's, there's a number of people I come across this. I can't remember his account now, but he's a fantastic creator. He's uh, older than 
than me, I think he's in his, his mid-50s. He was, you know, himself brought up in a, a white supremacist family, KKK, things like this in America, mm. you know, and he's actively going, actually, this is all, this is my experience and it's a load of fucking bullshit. Yeah. And I've learned and I've changed now and I've reevaluated all of these these lessons and these social norms and, and attitudes and beliefs that was instilled in me in my childhood by my surroundings. And I'm undoing these and I'm unlearning these biases and these these toxic behaviors in order to become a better person and, and you know, more mindful of other people. And that's all we can ever really ask of anybody is that they take the moment to listen, learn, and then change. Yeah. Let themselves you know, grow from that, that, you know, hiccup. And I'm always happy for people to call my ass out because I'm not going to know I've said or done anything wrong unless you tell me. Well, I mean, and, and same. I mean, okay, I, I self-corrected on one of them, but I didn't see the other one. And I think, as you were saying, the, the thing that gets worse is when somebody, if you'd have corrected me and I just go, oh, fuck off then and just got rid of the thing, you know, you've got to be, you, put your fucking hands up, people. <laughs> like, I, I, I've it's, never it's taken the accountability, you know. And, I, and and the and as we said, there is I've, I've one of one of the um, issues that I recognised immediately, but the other one I still didn't. So it's still even I'm in this world. I'm around in LGBT world and mental health world, and I still get this wrong because. People still get it wrong. You can be, and you could be born of this generation into the most left, everything possible. There's no way in hell you're not going to fuck up at some point. I'm sorry, it just doesn't happen. Everything. You are going to make the mistake, you know. And I've had, I've, you know, been the first MB in 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 Wales to be a county councillor. I've had the the oh my god, what if I get it wrong? I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. Don't be. Yeah. Don't be. If you you, you are going to get it wrong. I yeah. know you're going to get it wrong. You are going to get it wrong. But as long as you make the efforts go, oops, uh, I, I, yeah, put my hands up to that. I got it wrong. I apologize. I'm going to make more of an effort to get it right next time. Mm. That's enough. That's good enough. You know, there's no need to, to go, rah, 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 you're, you're an asshole. You misgendered me. Rah, 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 rah. I fucking hate you. You're a you know, you're, you're transphobic, bro. No, if you sat there and go, yeah, okay, my bad. And it's 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 also you can you know if someone's trying to do it if they keep fucking doing it. Like, yeah. If they suddenly, if there's I, a difference between an honest mistake and an intentional rep repetition. Yes, that you know that's 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 the biggest difference if you just keep saying that and it's like okay, well. Once, twice, I could have kind of believed you, but now, uh, so fucking, this is like the twelfth time. What the fuck are you on about? Like, yeah. If it gets, if it gets to that point, and and they're just not learning, then then they will feel my teeth, and I will bite hard. I've actively seen older people trying, and 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 that is when I know they're trying. Is because I've seen older people, you can see them go, <laughs> and they like they're, they're stopping. They're kind of going, oh, no, 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 it's the, and like. Because theirs is far more. Far and I have so much love and respect for them when I see that as well. It's like, oh, thank you. You're genuinely trying. Yeah. And that's it. that's the point. Yeah. It's well, just making that effort to listen and learn and apply what you've learned. As, yeah, it's like, my, like with um, my mum, my because my mum was born during the Second World War. 
So um, although she doesn't look it, and I will continue to take my mother's genes over my father's, because um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to look my age. So um, yeah, with my mum, she's much better than I think I necessarily expected when we started about my my mental health. Like I think when she first realised how bad at one point I had got, like when I was in, you know, very the police, the ambulance service and the university were all looking for me at the same time. Um, I think that's when she was just like, oh, my God, it's my baby type thing. But since then, she's become incredibly um, understanding. And even when I talk to her about, you know, things that I wouldn't expect her as someone that's nearly 80 to really get. She went, oh, yeah, well, it's a bit like this. I'm like, what the fuck? That, that's why I say about people uh, when we say about people not not getting it because they're from a different time. My mother is from a different time. My mother was my mother was born in the Second World War. Remembers yeah. rationing as a child. Like she saw the um, the the the, um, the 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 rise of civil rights in America in Britain. She saw all of this. She remembers Rosa Parks. She remembers MLK. She saw Nelson Mandela. She saw the rise of um, women's rights in the UK with Bravo and everything. She's seen all this. But her views have changed every time that you see something. You know, it's a. Ch- I mean, much as Churchill might be a complete ass if we look at stuff stuff as well, he has a very poignant quote, which is, um, "When I when the facts change, I stop and re-evalu- reevaluate. What is your excuse, sir?" And that's the point: is that you know, if the facts change, now again, I'm using the word facts because they are facts that we may understand as facts, but facts change. Fifty percent of all facts change every so often. Um, if facts change, if information changes, your opinion changes. If you haven't been given those opinions or those facts, they haven't changed. And that's why, again, we may not understand people on a different level to us, whichever way, and they may not understand us. That's why we need to come together for it, because once we give each other that information, we might both go, ah, oh, I get it now. I get why you're acting this way. And they might go, well, I now get why you're acting it that way. There's a lot of politicians who, um, for instance, will go and work in their communities, not fucking tell anyone. They just go and work. There's a couple of MPs that do it now who I won't say because I know they want to be anonymous, but they will go and work in the community and just, that's it. They're working in the community because they want to understand it. No one really knows who they are because nobody really knows their MP. You know, unless you're in politics, you don't really. I know you, Natalie Elphick, because fuck you and your husband, but... Most people don't know their MP. Um, so, you know, they just disappear and, and they just do stuff because they want to understand. They know they're in a privileged position, you know. Um, and so that's, it's good. They, they, they've gone out to do it. I mean, there's a member of the House of Lords. I don't know if they're still alive, but they used to work. They were a member of the House of, I loved it. Member of the House of Lords. And then at the weekend, they were a bouncer in London. Oh, fantastic. And you're like, what the fuck? You're a Lord. What the and I'm, when I say Lord, I mean old school. They were a landed gentry lord. They did not need to work. So it was just like, what the fuck are you? But I think it gives them an understanding yeah. that, you know, they wouldn't have had otherwise. And it's important to have that that lesson and that understanding and that that new perspective coming in all the time. You mm. know, we're in a, especially in this day and age, we're in a high speed, fast, ever growing, ever evolving, ever changing world. Mm. Look at how far we've come in the last five years. Yeah. It's a long, long time. Um, 
but at the same time it's been a, a flash in the pan and so much has already happened and, and changed and um, I mean we just have to think of life pre-COVID the fact that we have that now we have life pre-COVID yeah. and post-COVID in yeah. and of itself is film yeah. complete new experience and an evolution of societal life across the globe yeah. um so you know everything does change nothing is permanent um yeah it's it's we need to learn from each other and when you fuck up just keep trying to learn it's the best yeah. thing, you know, put your hands up admit you've gone wrong admit you've done wrong and uh take what what lesson you're given learn from it and go forwards with it yeah and that's something and that's that is uh that is also politics people learning and interacting with your community and your surroundings is politics no matter what you want to go and look at the etymology of it it just is that's what politics is government is ruled by the people or ruled by mob depending on your ideological background and that comes from politics which is the rule of local areas it's the understanding and the interaction of local areas so you simply learning is part of your political process it's part of the political discourse for you to then go forward so all of this is important and that's why we talk about it um yeah, every subject we've touched on throughout this entire thing, while we've not exactly been talking about politics per se all the way through, every discussion and every topic we've touched on is political. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So life is political. Every element of your life, even down to the streetlights keeping you safe at night, is politics, is, yeah. is government. Um, absolutely. And it's, yeah. it's, it's important. And I mean, there's different parts of our lives that, are, that we treat in different ways and we, we have different filters for different parts of our life. For instance, when I'm, when I'm doing this, when I'm um, being a private tutor, I am very, di very different to when I'm a self-defense instructor because there's a level of arsehole I need to be in self-defense because I need to emulate an attack. But you can still make sure that people are fully aware of what's going to happen in that attack. So even in areas where there has to be a change and you have to enact the ideas of people that are not nice, you can still do it by making sure that people understand and understand why you have to do that. Understand yeah. why there's things behind it. Um, so it, it is important. And like we say, everything is politics. And it, it goes back to that, that advert where if you say you don't do politics, the fuck do you do? Because the fact that you're allowed to even say you don't do politics holidays, hmm. uh, maternity leave you know registered hours minimum maximum hours yep. you know maximum, maximum and minimum temperatures in workplaces all of these things all of these rules that keep us safe politics yep. all of the things that we enjoy in our life that we take for granted a lot of the time politics and there's still you know, unbalance there's still a complete nothing's going to be perfect nothing's going to be working 100 percent, and there's always going to be room for improvement there's always going to be things that that come up and a spanner in the works once in a while hmm. but it's all it's all important yeah. and it's, it's pretty much every aspect of our life yeah we need to we need to keep working towards the the balancing of of communities you know it needs to be that that's the key word for me is balance yeah i mean absolutely it shouldn't be that my my words and my abilities and background have a say on whether i can be more important or more successful than you 
And the only reason I use that before anyone tries to get on the fucking high horse is because I embody what 200 years ago would have given me the same advantages, if not, well, not if not, but they would have given me more. The advantages are still there because of who and what I am, that everything about me is privileged. And, you know, me being able to have a house, me being able to do this, anybody listening to this, because maybe you think you don't, but you have that inbuilt of, well, it's a, it's a well-spoken, um, educated male. We all listen to them. Why? Like, I want you to, but why? Because it's inbuilt into us. And that's the thing. It should be a balance so that you want to listen to anybody else for this, that same reasons. Just because somebody suddenly sounds like this. Oh, fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? Just because somebody sounds like that shouldn't give you a different perspective. Exactly. You know, sure. Their experience, their thoughts, their, their education, their knowledge is just as valid and just as valuable as the next person's. For anyone that's not English, by the way, that was me doing a poor Scouse accent. Um, or Liverpool, if you're wondering where, where Scouse is, actually, because Scouse comes from, the, comes from the food, which Scouse is very nice. It's a very nice stew. Anyway, um, was there anything that you wanted to kind of finish up there or, or say, or do you think we've covered most of what you wanted? I think we've covered quite a bit, yeah. Um... Yeah. Well, I mean, as always, um, thank you so much for, for joining me. I, and I'm happy to be here. Please, everyone, go out there. If you want to get involved, vote. Or if you think everyone's a cunt, fucking stand. I've stood. Yeah. Little has stood. Yeah. I okay. Your head above the parapet, you know? Um, Cortez in, in America. There was a barmaid before they were a member of Congress, for fuck's sake. Like, go and stand. You can go and stand if you want to, whatever it is, whether it's or if you want to be a governor. I've been a school governor before. Little's going to be a, a governor, hopefully soon. You can do that. That's the first start. That's education. That's a way of going into it. So get involved. If you think there's something wrong, get involved. Because Yeah, and you don't even have to stand to be a candidate. You can you can be a campaigner and help get candidates into their roles. Yes. Desperate, desperate across all political parties for campaigners to help get the candidates into their seats, you know. Yeah. Volunteers are a huge, huge um, resource that's desperately needed, not just in politics, but everywhere. Absolutely. You know, so, so getting involved is, is the way forward and it's the way to make change happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're a disenfranchised Tory, one nation Tory that fucking hates to see what, what's happened to your party now. Stand, go and help, make sure better candidates get in and you claim back a, um, a party that you think is going to be kinder to people. Maybe that's the way forward and you can help show people that everyone can be um, have that kind heart as well. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. If you have made it to the end, go and get yourself a cookie because you deserve it. But um, until next time, thank you so much and we'll see you again. Thanks everyone.